Well, good morning. And may I start by wishing you all a very happy new year. I hope in these challenging times you managed to connect up with family and friends, whether that was in person on Christmas Day or over the internet or perhaps by phone. Our family managed an online game of code breakers over Zoom on New Year's Day involving 10 members of the family down south and, and us up here. Yet wishing others a happy new year somehow feels rather thin and shallow this year. We want to wish them something altogether richer and more meaningful. So many people all across the world have suffered unexpected pain and loss in 2020. Rather than saying Happy New Year, some have jokingly changed it to Happy New Tear as the new variant form of Covid continues to spread and lockdown restrictions are being reimposed ever more widely. Rather than 2021 being a fresh start, it feels like more of same continuing from 2020, at least for the first few months of the new year. Yet with vaccines heralding hope on the horizon, the clamour from government and media is for us to be patient, to obey the rules and to put our trust in science and scientists. Yet while the vaccine is a great human achievement and practical way forward, and a gift from God through human minds and hands, it's not the fiery pillar that will lead us into some promised land. And it's certainly not the solution to mankind's greatest problem, which is our sin and rebellion against God himself. When God created people in his image in Genesis chapter 1 verse 28, God said that it was good and he blessed them. When those people sinned in Genesis chapter 3 verse 17, it says God cursed the ground, the earth, and he cursed the serpent, Satan, who incited the rebellion. And God banished the people from his intimate presence. Our relationship with him was broken. But he didn't curse them too. Instead, he promised a rescue operation in his love and grace, vowing one day to crush the serpent's head. He promised to build a people who would love and obey and worship him, who would walk with him once again. And that becomes the story, the big story of the Bible. A people who would be blessed just as he originally intended them to be. And through the death and resurrection of Jesus, he indeed crushed the serpent's head, as he promised, destroying the power of sin and death over us. Yet today, we still live in a broken, sinful world. A world that includes poverty, injustice, suffering, food banks, and yes, COVID-19. So what does it mean to know God's blessing? in 2021. To say you're feeling blessed has been quite fashionable over recent years, 
perhaps after the challenges of 2020, people are more hesitant to use the term quite so lightly. In the minds of many people, the blessed life has become synonymous with the successful life. But for a Christian, if you have a healthy body, a good stable income and a loving family, is that really what makes you a blessed person? Earthly blessings are so temporary. Like Job experienced, they can be taken away in the events of one fateful day. As many have come to discover during 2020, a successful life can be stripped away so fast. Dreams, hopes, plans and lives shattered. And if that happens, does that then mean you are not blessed by God, cursed even? Clearly, we need to look at the Bible to get a good idea of this. If you look up the word bless or blessing or blessed in the New Testament, over a hundred references will come up. Yet none of them connect with material poverty. Consider some of these verses. The Beatitudes in Matthew chapter 5. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed are the merciful. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you and falsely say evil against you. Luke chapter 11 verse 28. Blessed are those who hear the word of God and obey it. James chapter 1 verse 12. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial. And Revelation chapter 14 verse 13. Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord. There's not even a hint of material prosperity in any of these verses. No promise of perfect circumstances or an easy life. Indeed, if anything, there is a hint of possible extra trouble to come for God's people. The book of Psalms is the songbook of the Bible. And in the 150 Psalms it contains, different Psalms reflect the various life experiences, feelings and emotions of God's people. Psalms are there to sing when we want to praise God, when life is all light. Psalms for times when everything in life is a challenge. Songs that express our grief, depression and pain in times of darkness. Songs of thanksgiving for when we're emerging from a dark tunnel into the light again. And wisdom psalms that challenge your thinking and priorities in life. Psalm 1, which is what we're studying today, is one of those wisdom psalms and it specifically describes the blessed person. Psalm 1 serves like a gateway into the rest of the book of Psalms. It acts as a bookend, setting out for us a model of godly and holy living. The worldview of Psalm 1 then supports and shapes our reading of the rest of the Psalms, where all the different joys, griefs and passions that we experience in daily life find a voice. Psalm 1 therefore seems a perfect passage 
to help us reset our thinking at the start of a challenging new year. Now remember, psalms are poems. They make their point by painting pictures using words. In Psalm 1 we find three pictures to carry us into 2021 that describe the godly person singular. The person that is blessed in verse 1 in God's sight. The person the Lord knows in verse 6. Now this isn't knows about, but the person the Lord knows intimately, that he watches over and cares for all of the time. So let's look at the first picture and we find this in verse 1. It tells us what the blessed person does not do. And the first picture is of someone avoiding travelling along the wrong way, the wrong road, getting their navigation for life wrong. It, it says in Psalm 1, he does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. He does not stand in the way of sinners. He does not sit in the seat of scoffers. The key word here is not. Some people think the Christian life is all about what you can't do, that Christianity is full of negatives. But in this picture, the blessed person of God is someone who dares to be different, who's countercultural, who actively seeks to avoid ungodliness. We're told not to walk in the council, that's the bad advice of the wicked. The word walk is often used in the Old Testament to mean a person's way of life, their journey through life. Every day we are bombarded with advice that is contrary to the way God intended for us to live. We get it through the media and the internet, through celebrity culture and bad role models. The righteous, the godly, the blessed do not model their lifestyle on the advice and example of the world. Are you at risk of that? The psalm says, don't do it. We're told we mustn't stand in the way of sinners. Standing is, is anchoring ourselves, how we behave. Do we just go along with the crowd, allowing the world to squeeze us into its own mould? The psalm says, don't do it. And we're told not to sit in the seat of scoffers, saying nothing when others around you may belittle the Christian faith. Remember, scoffers mocked Jesus as he hung on the cross. They said, he saved others, let him save himself. Scoffers make fun of believers for their faith. And they ridicule our Lord Jesus, who died for us. The psalm says, don't do it. Why is it important to stand out and not do these things? Because of what the psalm goes on in the next verse to call the law of the Lord. We live in what is now a post-truth society. It challenges the notion that there is objective truth at every opportunity. It says we decide ourselves what's true. And we know that the media is full of things that are called fake news. Day after day, 
It asks the same dismissive question that Pilate asked Jesus. Truth. What is truth? Well, we must be different in our language, our morality and our relationships. This negative picture of godly avoidance leads us to the second picture of the blessed person. It's in verse 2, what the blessed person does do. And here is the corresponding positive image, the godly alternative. Psalm 1 says, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. Delights, meditates, law of the Lord. That's why in this church we preach teach and study the Bible. That's why we teach the Bible to our children. It's why we encourage the practice of daily Bible reading. Verse 2 says, those who are blessed delight in God's instructions. They've come to realise that God's way is the best way. The blessed take joy and delight in devoting themselves to God's way of living. They recognise that the word of God is indeed words from God himself and seek to live by it to the best of their ability. It says they meditate on it. That means they allow it to saturate their thinking. They fill their minds with the message of scripture. It's like a picture of a sponge. Uh, when you put water into a sponge, at first the water goes into all and fills up all the pores but if you keep putting water into the sponge, it gets filled, the pores fill up and water starts to fall out of the bottom. And the more you keep pouring into the top, the more keeps overflowing from the bottom over everything and everybody else around. That's what our absorbing the word of God should be like. It should come into us like a sponge. And as the sponge of us fills up, it overflows from us onto all of those around us and influences their thinking too. Then we come to the third picture. What the blessed person is like. And we read about that in verse 3. Here we have the picture of a tree. Imagine a tree planted next to a spring of water in the middle of the desert of Israel. I saw something very similar to this one time when I was in Malawi. It was a papaya tree that was next to the Shiri River as it was flowing through a very arid area. If you moved just 100 metres away from the river, then little other than cactus-like plants grew unless there was irrigation brought in. But planted near the river was this tree with green leaves and fruit hanging because it was taking its water from the river even though it was in a very dry area. It's a picture of the freshness of the tree. The psalm says his leaf does not wither. It's a picture of the resilience of the blessed person ready for the time when arid darkness closes in on his life. It's a picture of stability, a tree planted and deeply rooted, prepared for the time of trial 
and of suffering. May I ask you, where have you grounded yourself? Where are you rooted? And how deeply are you rooted? How have you already prepared so that you can draw strength when the time of trial comes? When COVID-19 strikes you or a member of your close family, when perhaps furlough turns into redundancy, when there's a breakdown of relationships or the death of someone that you love deeply. Surely you want to be in a place where you will remain firm, productive, permanent and stable, deeply rooted by the living water of God. And if you're part of a stand or a copse of trees, we know that they can withstand the storm better. Upheld by other trees in, in what the psalm calls the assembly, what we would know as the church. Verse 3 is also a picture of fruitfulness. The tree doesn't just exist, survive. It, as the psalm says, yields its fruit in season. What sort of fruit is that? It's fruit that endures, fruit like the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians chapter 5. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. Remember, fruit is not primarily for you to enjoy. Your fruit is for the benefit of other people around you. And then we look fourthly to the second half of verse three, what the blessed person experiences, the consequences. And Psalm 1 says, the blessed person will prosper in whatever they do. Yet is that how life seems for us in 2021? Is that how life seems for many godly believers in other countries in the world? For many of them, it's a very real question. For our brothers and sisters today in persecuted parts of the world, Open Doors has estimated that attacks on churches worldwide have increased 500% in 2020 compared with 2019. And the International Society for Human Rights estimates Christians are the targets of 80% of all acts of religious persecution worldwide. Yet here in Psalm 1, it says, despite the outward appearances, it is God's people who prosper and are truly blessed. True prosperity is not to be found in external circumstances, in external success. Prosperity is internal and spiritual. It's in the heart. My experience over the past 10 years of training rural church leaders in Malawi has been very humbling. Some pastors struggle to feed their families. Others suffer from injustices, illnesses, or have had the death of children. Some of these church leaders are walking even two to three hours each way, each day, just to receive Bible training to help them in ministry. Many showing levels of devotion to God and commitment to his word that puts me to shame. 
This has really brought home to me in a new way the words of Jesus. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. So in conclusion, do you feel blessed this new year 2021? Well, biblical blessing is nothing to do with how you feel. It doesn't fluctuate with your subjective emotions. Rather, biblical blessing is an objective state granted as a gift by God, your father, to you, his child. A deep-seated contentment from knowing that you are in a right relationship with him. Pain and loss and struggle, particularly over a, an extended period, can unravel us. We can become bitter and feel let down by God. Or pain and loss can push us into a deeper life with God than we ever imagined was possible, cause us to rest satisfied in him alone. Whatever 2021 may have in store, we can know that he promises to walk with each one of us through the joys and the storms, and he will never, ever let us go. I pray that you may enjoy a biblically blessed 2021.